0: You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of western Japan, here on the 18th day of March 2022. Welcome to episode 416 of The Corbett Report podcast, Shocking Document, reveals Trudeau's real plans. Now, I know that my regular audience might not find this to be breaking news, but for any normies who have somehow managed to stumble across this podcast, it is important to underline the fact that Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, the erstwhile leader of the Dominion of Canada, is in reality a misleader who is serving a very different agenda than the one that the general public assumes that he serves. He is not there to act in the best interest of Canadians, but in the interest of a very different agenda. As I say, my regular listeners will not need to be explained, will not ha- need to have that explained to them in such a great degree of detail. But I have uncovered a document that is so outrageous, so blatant in its kowtowing to the New World Order agenda of the Great Resetters that it has to be read to be believed. So we are going to do that today, but let's, let's set the groundwork just to make sure that we're all on the same page and know who Justin Trudeau is and what agenda he is actually serving. So let's lay out some facts, some identifiable, documentable facts from the record that we can point to to show who Justin Trudeau really is. Fact number one, Justin Trudeau is, of course, a World Economic Forum stooge.
0: And I have to say, um, when I mention our names like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, president of, of uh, Argentina, and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets.
1: Fact number two. Justin Trudeau is a warmonger.
0: Today, we are announcing that we will be supplying Ukraine with anti-tank weapons systems and upgraded ammunition. Of course, this is in addition to our three previous shipments of lethal and non-lethal equipment.
1: Fact number three. Justin Trudeau pushed all of the COVID-1984 biosecurity tyranny that has resulted in the medical martial law scandemic nonsense of the past two years.
0: The bottom line? Proof of vaccination will be required by no later than the end of this month for all federal employees. And by mid-November, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated.
1: Fact number four, Justin Trudeau is seeking to shut down all dissent in the country by trying to dominate and control the media of Canada. The Trudeau government has just announced a $600 million media bailout with a series of tax credits and incentives for the dying dinosaur media. The dying legacy press who are losing viewerships to the independents like yours truly are about to be bailed out with your tax dollars. And the Trudeau government is going to be the ones to decide which media companies get bailed out and which ones don't. That's not a free press. That's a well-funded propaganda spin machine that's beholden to the state. Fact number five, Justin Trudeau is all on board with the AI-powered fourth industrial revolution transhumanist nightmare that the Great Resetters are trying to bring about.
0: As GPay's first chair, Canada is ready to work with you on a global AI ecosystem that advances responsible innovation while fostering diversity and inclusion. On COVID-19 in particular, I know there's an AI and pandemic response subgroup looking at how we leverage this tech to keep people
1: safe. And fact number six, Justin Trudeau, of course, is an admirer of the Chinese dictatorship.
0: There's a level of of, uh, admiration I actually have for China Um, because their basic dictatorship is allowing them Uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime.
1: As I say, I think the regular listeners of the Corbett Report will already understand Trudeau and his real agenda. But as I also said, I have uncovered a document that I think slipped under the radar in the lead-up to the Ukraine hysteria last month that is definitely worth reading through because it goes by point by point exactly through the globalist agenda and what the real aim of these... Great Resetter, Fourth Industrial Revolution, Sustainable Development Stooges, really is. So, as usual, I will, as always, I'll link the document for you in the show notes. Let's be real, most people probably don't actually bother to to go to the show notes. So, anyway, share this link, (coughs) this video around with everyone you know, so they will be able to see Trudeau's agenda for themselves. And, hey, seeing is believing, so... I will share my screen with you, as always, um, and we'll take a look at the document. Here it is on the Government of Canada website. It was issued on the 4th of February 2022, so just a couple of weeks, while they were ramping up the, Ukraine, something's going to happen in Ukraine talk, this flew under the radar of everyone that I've seen so far. It was a joint statement of the governments of Canada and the U.S. on international relations, entering a new era of global sustainable development. Surprise, surprise. So on February 4th, 2022... Uh, Government of Canada website issued this at the invitation of the President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visited the U.S., blah, blah, blah. Heads of state held talks in Washington. Uh, Government of Canada and U.S. here here and after referred to as the side state as follows. Okay, so they start talking about the, the tremendous changes, the momentous changes that are happening right now in all of the buzzwords. Oh, you know, we're Going through multipolarity, economic globalization, the advent of information society, cultural diversity, of course. Trudeau always harping on about that. Transformation of the global architecture and world order. Increasing interrelation and interdependence between the states. States. Uh, redistribution of power in the world and the international community showing a growing demand for the leader leadership aiming at uh, peaceful and gradual development. At the same time, of course, as the pandemic of new coronavirus infections continues, the international regional security situation is complicating and the number of global challenges and threats is growing from day to day. So the sides, i.e. U.S. and Canadian governments, call on all states to pursue well-being and Unicorns and rainbows, uh, along the lines of universal human values such as human, peace, development, equality, justice, free puppy dogs, democracy, freedom, blah blah blah. To, 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 to what? To help grow the o- economy of the of Canada to help the poor people to to provide meaning in their lives? No, of course not. To protect the United Nations-driven international architecture and the international law-based world order. Seek genuine multipolarity with the United Nations and its Security Council, playing a central and coordinating role. Promote more democratic international relations and ensure peace, stability, and development—sustainable development across the world. Hmm, I wonder what this agenda is really about. Okay. Uh, and so then they go on with the mealy mouth status nonsense about the sides believe that democracy is a means of citizens' participation in the government of their country with a view to improving the well-being of population and implementing the principle of popular government. Yeah. Here's the slave suggestion box. Stick your useless piece of garbage in there once every four years. Don't worry, it'll do something next time. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, Canada and the U.S. guarantee there people the right to take part through various means and in various forms in the administration of the state and public life in accordance with the law. Yeah, sure. Just like they did in Ottawa, right? Uh, such attempts at hegemony as posed by various certain states that are attempting to impose their own democratic standards on places like Ukraine, presumably. Such attempts at hegemony pose serious threats to global and regional peace and stability and undermine the stability of the world order. Say it in Kissinger voice, the new world order. Um, The uh, the sides note that the Charter of United Nations and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights set noble goals in the era of universal human rights, set forth fundamental principles which all states must comply with and observe. All states must observe and comply with, indeeds. Indeed. Hmm. Exactly, right? Must do so. Yeah. Once again, the ongoing pandemic of the new coronavirus infection poses a serious challenge to the fulfillment of the UN 2030 agenda for sustainable development. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. This scandemic is hurting our UN 2030 agenda. Yeah, it's really hurting. It is vital to enhance partnership relations for the sake of global development and make sure that the new stage of global development is defined by balance, harmony, and inclusiveness. Exactly what you would expect Trudeau to be saying to cover For the real agenda, which is, it's just so blatant. It's black and white here. Uh, The sides uh, will strengthen cooperation with multilateral mechanisms, including the United Nations, surprise, surprise, and encourage the international community to prioritize development issues in the global macro policy coordination. Uh, yeah, okay, so going on, talking about, oh, supporting the global development initiative under the UN auspices, of course, uh, in order to accelerate the implementation of the UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The sides call on all the international community to take practical steps in key areas of cooperation, such as poverty reduction, food security, vaccines and epidemic control, financing for development, climate change, sustainable development, including green development, industrialization, digital economy, and infrastructure connectivity. Yeah, they just want what's best for you guys. Why aren't you? Why aren't you as excited about this as they are? Because they're jointly celebrating the 30th anniversary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, our good friends at the UNFCCC. They reaffirm their commitment to this convention, of course. They, the sides, Canada and the US government, reaffirm their commitment to this convention, as well as to the goals, principles, and provisions of the Paris Agreement. Remember that? remain committed to fulfilling the obligations they have undertaken and expect that developed countries will actually ensure the annual provision of $100 billion of climate finance to developing states. Thank you very much. The sides oppose setting up new barriers in international trade under the pretext of fighting climate change. Of course, anything's good as long as you put climate change at the end of it. Um, of course, once again, invoking the fight against the covid nineteen pandemic, and uh, yes, of course, protection of life and health in the population of the two of uh, peoples two countries and the peoples of the world because they speak for the world, apparently uh, they will further increase co- cooperation In the development and manufacture of vaccines against the new coronavirus infection, of course they will, as well as medical drugs for its treatment, ka-ching, ka-ching for the big pharma guys, enhanced collaboration in public health and modern medicine, like locking healthy people inside their homes, putting them in masks, injecting them with experimental medicines, and then wondering why people are so sick lately. Uh, The sides plan to strengthen coordination on epidemiological measures to ensure strong protection of health. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. The sides have commended the work of the competent authorities and regions of the two countries on implementing quarantine measures in the border areas. Exactly. They did... Good job, guys. You've done such a good job quarantining and locking down populations as needed Uh, and intend to consider establishing a joint mechanism for epidemic control and prevention in the border areas, to jointly plan anti-pandemic measures to be taken at the border checkpoints, share information, build infrastructure, and improve the efficiency of customs clearance of goods. And it goes on from here. All the stuff you would expect, besides condemn terrorism in all its manifestations, promote the idea of creating a single global anti-terrorism front with the United Nations playing a central role. Yeah, let's use the UN to solve the problem of our own false flag terrorism. Right, guys? That'll, That'll work. That's worked for so many decades. As I say, you can go through this document, and I really suggest you do. It's just... Unbelievable. It's just like the biggest point after point after point on the globalist checklist is here in black and white. I've never seen something so blatantly on board the agenda as hold, hold on. Whoa. Sorry. I, did you see that? Something. Something's happening. I think, I think my screen is glitching up a little. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, what just happened there, guys? So. Oh, sorry about that. Oh. Wow, that was a weird glitch. Oh. Hey, look at this. I think Oh, this isn't this isn't the Canadian government website at all. Sorry about that, guys. Wow, this is the Kremlin website. Yeah, kremlin.ru. And there it is, President of Russia. Oh, sorry guys. I was Wow. Don't I have egg on my face? I was wrong about that. That wasn't a joint statement from the can- Canada and the US. That, that wasn't Trudeau and Biden. Apparently, that was a joint statement of the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China on the international relations entering a new era and the global sustainable development. But it's word for word exactly what I was just reading to you there. I mean, they're eg- exactly what I just said. The, the development of process and phenomena, multipolarity, economic globalization, information society, cultural diversity. As the pandemic of new coronavirus infection continues, international regional security situation is complicating, blah, blah, blah. Champion universal human values, protect the United Nations driven international architecture and international law-based world order. Seek genuine multipolarity with the United Nations and its Security Council playing a central and coordinating role. Promote more dec- democratic institutional relations, blah, blah, blah. The Dem- Democracy is a means of enhancing citizens' participation in government. Guarantee their people the right to take part, blah, blah, blah. Such attempts at hegemony pose serious threats to the world order. Besides, note that the Charter of the United Nations and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights sets out valuable goals. Oh, yeah, and we need to fulfill UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. It is vital to enhance partnership relations for the sake of global development. Sustainable development, of course. Strengthen cooperation with multilateral mechanisms, including the United Nations. Yes, UN 2030 Agenda. Accelerate the implementation of the UN 2030 Agenda with some of those wonderful vaccines and epidemics control, financing for development, climate change, sustainable development. Pick your globalist buzzword, jointly celebrating the 30th anniversary of the adoption of the UNFCC. And we commit ourselves to fighting for right alongside what the UNFCC is saying and anything they say is good enough. Fight against the COVID-19 pandemic, protection of life. Oh, good. Oh, let's commend the wonderful quarantines and epidemic controls that Russia and China have implemented to crack down on their nations. Oh, yeah. Let's get the United Nations playing a central role in terrorism and peacekeeping. Oh, it's exactly every single bit of it is exactly what I was just reading, but it's actually Russian. Sorry, guys. (sighs) I don't know what got over me there. That was just a weird glitch that happened, um, but it's okay. We can wing this on the fly. So I'm sorry. I said this was episode 416 on Trudeau's, a shocking document reveals Trudeau's real plan. Let's try that again. Sorry. Welcome to the podcast, guys. This is episode 416 of the Corbett Report podcast on shocking document reveals Putin's real plan. Well, there you go. Okay, sorry. Now that that's been corrected, you guys can, as I said before, I'll obviously I'll include the link to this document so you can go and read it, but most, most, most people don't. So anyway, go, 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 take and send this video out to everyone you know, right? As I hope you already did that. Wait. What? Are there? You know, I get the sense there are people in the crowd there who are a little bit upset about this, who feel a little bit personally threatened or upset or emotionally involved in the idea that Putin and Xi Jinping are 1,000% on board with the UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and all of the globalist buzzwords and all of their plans, and that's exactly what they are attempting to implement, that that is the brick saviors that so many in the alternative media seem to hold up as some sort of great, wonderful, crusading white helmets who are going to come in on their horses and save the day at the end of uh, this horrible nightmare we're living through. But I know my audience is much better informed about things than that. You wouldn't have fallen for that. So there's no reason you would feel personally upset about the fact that actually, oh no, everything that was wrong and that I saw demonstrably was wrong when I thought Trudeau was saying it is still demonstrably wrong when Putin is saying it, right? Right, exactly. Because we know the same documentable facts, facts on the public record that we can say about Putin, just like we said about Trudeau. I mean, for one obvious example, one documentable fact, Vladimir Putin is a World Economic Forum stooge.
0: When I mention our names like Mrs. Merkel, um,
1: even uh, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin. Fact number two, Vladimir Putin is a warmonger. Мы принято решение о проведении специальной военной операции. Кто бы ни пытался
0: помешать нам, а тем более создать угрозы для нашей страны, для нашего народа, должны знать, что ответ России будет незамедлительным
1: и приведёт вас к таким последствиям, с которыми вы в своей истории ещё никогда не сталкивались. Fact number 3. Vladimir Putin is seeking to dis- to shut down all media dissent in his country and control the dissemination of information in Russia. Putin signs fake news internet insults bill into law. This coming from the Moscow Times, Putin has signed a controversial set of bills that make it a crime to disrespect the state and spread fake news online. The legislation will establish punishments for spreading information that, quote, exhibits blatant disrespect for the society government, official government symbols, constitution, or governmental bodies of Russia, end quote. This is what an information war looks like when it hits the streets. Police in Moscow's Lubyanka Square, wrapped
0: in body armor, seizing the phones of citizens, searching for evidence of resistance, telltale social media content about the war in Ukraine that can land people in prison. It's doom scrolling, Russian style. Here,
1: Fact number four, Putin was pushing all of the same COVID biosecurity tyranny nonsense uh, during this pandemic as Canada and the U.S. and basically every other country for the past two years.
0: Putin spoke with newly elected lawmakers and urged them to actively support efforts to get more people vaccinated. The Kremlin says the number of COVID-19 cases is rising due to an insufficient amount of people getting inoculated. Russia was the fastest country to develop and launch the Sputnik V vaccine last year. However, the vaccination drive has been slow as Russians do not entirely trust the authorities and fear new medical projects.
1: В сложных условиях работают медицинские работники. Спасти людей от инфицирования, от тяжелого течения болезни способна вакцинация. Мы с вами это хорошо знаем. Необходимо наращивать ее темп. Я прошу вас принять самое активное участие в этой работе.
0: Предъявите ваш код для прохода в помещение. код подтвержден. Предъявите ваш качество.
1: Fact number five, Putin is pushing the AI-driven, transhumanist, fourth industrial revolution nightmare. AI-enabled solutions have indeed become part and parcel of our life. Today it's the point of gravity for talented, creative people ready to dream and achieve their goals. It's the front edge of scientific engineering thought it's important that such breakthrough solutions that open up truly infinite opportunities be beneficial for the humanity not detrimental they should help save our planet provide for its sustainable development I count that all these issues we will discuss during the ZBERS international conference that has already become as Mr. Graf has mentioned one of the main global platforms to talk AI and of course Putin also loves China and its dictatorship Китай первым столкнулся с этой угрозой с пандемии коронавирусной инфекции и продемонстрировал затем всему миру что можно успешно с этим
0: бороться я хочу Вас поздравить, уважаемые коллеги, уважаемые господин председатели, всех наших китайских друзей с тем, как была
1: выстроена работа по борьбе с пандемией. Результат действительно существенный, ясный, понятный. И хочу еще раз повторить, это хороший пример для других. I mean, all of these are documentable, verifiable facts, so there's no reason that anyone in the conspiracy realist crowd who has done their research on these matters should be in any way offended, upset, emotionally involved in the idea that, surprise, surprise, another politician is doing what politicians do, trying to control their citizenry. That's what they're all interested in. And in this case, just as in Trudeau's case, It is in the service of a greater agenda, a great reset agenda. Oh, but I I hear the would-be fact-checkers in the crowd rubbing their hands with glee. Oh, uh, we've got James now. He cited Schwab's statement that Putin was a young global leader, but Putin wasn't a young global leader. He was in his early 40s at that time when the young global leader program started and the age cap was 38. So it's not true. Now, there are More substantive ways that I could quibble with that argument, but I would say just on the flat basis of was there a relationship between Putin and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab dating back to that time in the early 1990s, as far back as 1992, when Putin was an absolute nobody working as an assistant in the mayor's office of St. Petersburg and absolutely, completely unknown on the international stage, that was a demonstrable tie and a friendship going with, with with Klaus Schwab going back to that time when, in Putin's own story, at any rate, if it is to be believed, he was moonlighting as a taxi driver to make ends meet. Does does that relationship exist, documentably and verifiably? Yes, it does. Uh, dear colleagues, uh,
0: dear Klaus, I've visited Davos many times. Assisting uh, meetings starting from the 90s. Mr. Uh, Schwab just mentioned that we met each other first in back in 1992 uh, in san Pete. And when I worked in San Pete, I visited uh, this forum many times. I'd like to thank you uh, for this opportunity today uh, for me to uh, make my statement vis-à-vis the expert community which is participating in this forum. Thanks to your efforts, Mr. Schwab
1: well yeah but but he he wasn't a young global leader, and um you know he has to say things like that. That's just how international politics works, James <laughs> You will note how the the people who tend to crop up in the comment sections of pieces like these will operate, which is to uh take some some claim or some link some embedded somewhere in a podcast like this and try to quibble with the factual distinction of uh, that it's making, and thereby, ah, the whole piece is debunked, and we don't have to really look at the awful truth that's being exposed here, which you will note, as listeners of The Corporate Report, you will remember from episode 381 of this podcast on who will fact-check the fact-checkers. That is the exact modus operandi of the establishment mainstream fact-checkers. Oh, look, you know, someone's making this claim about vaccine certificates being embedded in your body, but they're not being embedded in your body, so it's all debunked, and there's nothing to see with vaccine certificates. <laughs> you know, it's the exact same sort of thing that uh, that is being used. You will also note how the most fervent adherents of this particular political puppet, Putin, are uh, literally using the exact same mirror image arguments that defenders of the establishment would use to defend the, the actions of someone like Trudeau. So, for example, pff, so Schwab was hanging out with some moonlighting taxi driver in St. Petersburg in the 1990s, well before he went on to become the president of Russia, striking up a friendship with him when he was a literal international nobody that nobody had ever heard of. And so what if Putin was also in the meantime becoming developing a close personal friendship with Henry Kissinger? meeting with him in private dozens of times including private dinners with each other at each other's homes calling each other old friend and that's just the way international politics works James of course he's got to he's got to do that kind of thing <laughs> just like trudeau doesn't just because he hobnobs and brown noses all of the the arch globalists doesn't make him a, a globalist himself right or pff, those anti-war protesters in Russia who are being manhandled by the jackbooted thugs of the Russian police state for literally holding up signs that say two words, not no war, because if you held that up, of course you would be a horrible, dangerous subversive that needed to be put in jail, but literally hold up a sign saying two words and get hauled off immediately by SWAT cl- gear clad jackbooted thugs. Oh, that's totally, that's, that's for the good. The idea that someone would paint uh, no war graffiti, or and, and that would have to immediately be painted over. And outlets that try to cover that will actually blur out the words "no war" because that's such a horrible thing that we cannot allow anyone in Russia to see. These are good things because don't you know all these anti-war protesters, the you know the ones that are getting manhandled and carted away and and uh, taken into custody by the Russian thugs? Uh, that's that's there. All those protesters are just Soros-funded stooges. It's all just a Soros operation. There's no real Russian who actually doesn't like what's going on, James. Mm-hmm. Just like oh the the freedom convoy there there were no real protesters there these were just right wing insurrectionists who were who just don't like Trudeau and they and they were all foreign funded as we found after we doxed and hacked them right huh they're all they're all Americans or Russians or something it's all a foreign funded influence operation everyone in Canada really loves Trudeau <laughs> mirror image or uh, pfft. So yeah, whatever Putin has to push the vaccines. That's that's just the international the way the international game is working right now, but it's just a game, don't worry. He's pushing the safe and effective Sputnik V vaccine, which which isn't mRNA, it's just genetically modified adenovirus viral vector vaccine. That's the good kind, just like the Oxford AstraZeneca one, right? The good kind of vaccine. Oh, speaking of AstraZeneca, of course, the company that is manufacturing the Sputnik V vaccine in Russia is also manufacturing the Russian-branded AstraZeneca vaccine, r literally in the same production facility. Of course, they're manufacturing them both in a tie-up that's being funded through the Russian state investment fund, RDIF, that, oh, by the way, is headed by a demonstrable documented World Economic Forum young global leader, Kirill Dmitriev. And that partnership that is, uh, that AstraZeneca, uh, RDIF, R-Farm partnership is being hailed by Putin as a good, convincing example of combining scientific forces, technologies, investments for a common goal. That common goal, of course, being, quote, to protect the life, health, and safety of millions of people on the planet as a whole. Oh, yes. No, he's just playing a game. It's whatever. It's the good kind of vaccine, right? Or, uh, pfft. Putin isn't a warmonger. What are you talking about, James? He's just ordering a a, a special military operation. Just like the uh, the NATO humanitarian love bombing of Libya was a... What was the phrase that the commander-in-chief Obama was using at the time? Obama. Uh, kinetic military activity, right? It's not a war. It's a kinetic military activity. This isn't a war. It's a special military operation. Hmm. And, and, oh, j- just like the NATO-Libyan lo- lo- love bombing, this is... This is an operation to to drop bombs on the bad guys to free the Ukrainian people. That's what this is about. And and besides, this was preemptive self-defense. You saw they were going to attack. So Russia had to go in guns blazing with tanks and bombs. Of course they did. Just like, uh, where have I heard that phrase, preemptive self-defense before? That's right, the Bush administration waltzing into Iraq. You saw they were going to attack. We had to go in. (laughs) It's exactly the same arguments being used on both sides and in the service of the same agenda, trying to bolster up these phony political puppets and make cover for their real agenda, which is demonstrable right in front of your eyes. And it's just amazing to me that people continue to try to gaslight people who are pointing out these demonstrable realities. That No, it's not exactly what these people are saying or doing. It's this special hidden realm of 20-dimensional backgammon that you can't understand. You don't know. It's it's all a game. No, you don't understand. At some point, it, the, some it, Putin is going to come and save the day and okay, all right, okay, let's be real. He's not really an anti-globalist, but he, at the very least, he he loves the Russian people, and all the Russian people love him. (laughs) Hmm. Meanwhile, in reality, if all of this sounds familiar, then ding, 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 you've been paying attention, because we have just sat through five years of people, again, trying to gaslight other people into thinking Donald J. Trump was a crusading anti-globalist who was going to save the day. He was going to drain the swamp and unleash the 30,000, or is it 50,000? The 20 million sealed indictments, round up the global cabal, I tell you. Oh, that didn't work? Okay, well then uh, he's going to expose election fraud with watermarked ballots, I tell you. That didn't work? Oh, uh, he's actually secretly still the president, guys. And JFK Jr. is going to come back from the dead and unveil himself as Q. (laughs) And whatever else nonsense is being propounded by that crew that has lied to demonstrably swallowed the lies for the last several years and are now trying to put it in in relation to putin yeah yeah that that donald j, j trump who you know in reality
0: the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind
1: did you get the booster yes i got it
0: too okay so um oh, don't 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 don't, don't, don't.
1: All right, you, you get the picture. I won't belabor the point just to say that I know that the Corbett Report audience is generally speaking better than this and knows that politicians gun to politician and try to control their people, and Putin and Xi Jinping are obviously no exception to that rule and are proclaiming themselves to be on board with the New World Order UN Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Plan roadmap for what forms the core basis of the Great Reset. So, yes, this should not be surprising, as I say to my general audience, but I uh, unfortunately see the signs that the independent media can quickly devolve into being nothing other than the mirror image of the mainstream media, saying the exact inverse of what the mainstream media says, and thus being equally as useless as the mainstream media by simply saying the reverse. So, okay, um, NATO good, Russia bad. Russia good, NATO bad. Yay! Those are your choices, guys. There can be no room for nuance, and there can be no discussion of any deeper agenda behind all of this. Where have you heard this before? One can imagine what the press situation back in uh, World War I, uh, the build-up to World War I would have looked like, talking, for example, in the English-speaking world about the Germans, or in the German-speaking world about the English or anyone else and one could imagine if you had social media at that time <laughs> what that would have looked like anyway suffice it to say i think there are some some real questions that deserve to be asked and answered when it comes to how does this actually operate i mean uh, do i think that that vladimir putin himself is personally uh, yes yes my liege yes yes mr schwab anything you say what shall i do next okay i will do this next Uh, No, that's cartoon politics, and I don't think anyone thinks the world really runs that way, right? But, uh, clearly, uh, people who are amenable to certain parts of the agenda can be put in place by powers that are above their pay grade and can be used as, at the very least, as serviceable puppets for an agenda that they may or may not know the the end stages of, and may or may not be on board with to a greater or lesser degree. And I'm not just talking about Putin, because again, it's cartoon politics to think that Putin is Russia and Trudeau is Canada. Again, it's, it's more complicated than that, isn't it? So let's take a look at a question that would obviously arise. But hasn't the World Economic Forum cut all of its ties with Russia now? So, how can they be on board? How is it the same? How can you be on board with a great reset agenda if the World Economic Forum is severing itself from all its Russia ties? Well, actually, this goes right back to that point we were just making. Because, again, uh, uh, people uh, that seems to be coming to me from a place of people who believe that Schwab really is the political kingmaker, and really is in control of the global agenda. And he's really setting the path and deciding what's what. And he's the one, the the 13th chair in the smoky room. I, I, again, I do not believe that to be the case. I think Schwab is fundamentally a, a huckster, a charlatan, a carnival barker, who is, as I have said, trying to essentially brand the new rebrand, the New World Order, as the Great Reset, so that the World Economic Forum can then become a really key organization within this matrix. Because a couple of years ago, anyone in the conspiracy reality space was talking about Bilderberg. Now, Bilderberg, Bilderberg, who's them? It's Now it's only about Davos and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. So he's clearly done a great job of rebranding the Great Reset, uh, the, rebranding the New World Order as the Great Reset, but I don't think he is actually directing this agenda. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is that, again, as as we just noted a few minutes ago, uh, it's not like Putin is running Russia by himself. There are many players involved here and they have different pieces uh, it, uh, to play different parts to play in this unfolding agenda. So let's take a look at this in some more detail. Let's look, for example, at antiempire.com, anti-empire.com. Uh, you will have noticed I've been linking to them quite a bit recently because I think they're a, a valuable resource with a lot of different perspectives that you don't generally see any, uh, elsewhere. So let's take a look at their recent por- uh, post on World Economic Forum freezes all relations with Russia to dodge sanctions. Which notes that the World Economic Forum has put on ice its relationship with Russia, including strategic partnerships with conglomerates run by oligarchs. A Kremlin-backed research center in Moscow and an advisory council led by Russian President Vladimir Putin's economic advisor have also been torpedoed. We're not engaging with any sanctioned individuals and have frozen all relations with Russian entities. Uh, Frozen, perhaps, but not dead. WEF is leaving leaving open the possibility of serving as a bridge builder between Russia and Ukraine once active conflict is over. So again, hedging bets, of course. There are international sanctions in place right now that the WEF as a registered uh, not-for-profit or whatever this specific um, designation is for the World Economic Forum in Switzerland to, that allows it to operate in the way that it does, it has to abide by certain sanctions and certain ideas. But hey any doubt whatsoever that if the political winds were to blow over this and the sanctions were to be lifted that the Russians would be right back at Davos and very next thing uh, I think they would but this goes into much greater detail about uh, Klaus Schwab and his uh uh, uh, his role in all of this, um, priding himself on making his annual meeting in Davos open to all comers, including via a personal relationship with Putin dating back to the early 1990s. Again, when Putin was a moonlighting taxi driver in St. Petersburg. But hey, good to get good to get there before these people become important, like a Merkel, like a Trudeau, like Macron, and everyone else who's been associated with the World Economic Forum for a very, very long time before they got positions of power. Who are now in positions of power. What a remarkable coinkydink uh putin and his predecessor as president dmitry medvedev have addressed WEF five times from 2007 to 2021 putin was even invited to speak in january 2015 in the aftermath of russia's invasion of invasion of crimea but he turned down the invitation uh, in january 2021 schwab called putin's voice essential in world affairs they last met in mid-2021 when schwab told putin of the particular importance he attaches to russian representatives taking part in davos um, so even before Putin's presidency, Davos loomed large in the minds of Russian elites. And this gets into, for example, um, some of the background of when and how Russians started populating the annual Davos gathering. And um, they eventually started essentially their own their own soiree in Davos. Uh, the focal point for Russian activities at Davos was Russia House, an in- initiative of the Ross Congress Foundation, which took a prominent position on the Davos Promenade. Um, so it, why, why did Schwab st- start trying to get in, in, in bed with the Russian oligarchs? Uh, WEF has relied on its strategic partners, which pay upwards of $640,000 apiece to join the forum's most elite partnership tier. Um, but uh, unfortunately, because they haven't been holding in-person events for the last couple of years, uh, they've... They now have a $45 million hole in their budget, so that's hurting. And now this sanction is going to hurt even more because a lot of these Russian uh, Russian banks and uh, businessmen and others were part of that strategic partnership tier. So th- that's a significant loss of revenue for the World Economic Forum, if nothing else. Um, at least six Davos regulars are now subject to personal or organizational sanctions from Western governments. Herman Greff of Sparebank, which... You will remember from my recent conversation with Riley Wagaman, absolutely a central part of what is happening in Russia right now in a number of different ways, not just financially, but um, Cyber Polygon and uh, and the rollout of vaccine QR codes and uh, involvement uh, peripherally with Sputnik V and all of this. There's a lot of fingers in that pie through someone like Herman Greff, um, but not just Herman Greff, who, of course, SpareBank did become a strategic partner in 2008, so... Is paying uh, a hefty amount to Davos every year. Uh, WEF's partnership with the USM Holdings conglomerate, led by Alisher Usmanov, the sanctioned owner of Dilbar, the world's largest yacht, and Lukoil, are on hold. Uh, according to an uh, internal document, there's Kirill Dmitriev who you might remember I made a recent re- reference to as uh, in, earlier in this episode as the leader of the Russian Direct Investment Fund, which is tied in with the Sputnik V project. Uh, Sergei Iv- Ivanov, Putin's former chief of staff. Uh, Alexei y- uh, Yakovitsky from the sanctioned VTB Capital Bank. Uh, Alexander Dukov of Gazprom Neft. Ivan Strajinsky of USM Investments. Alexander Shevelev of PAO Severstal, and Grigory Federician of Novolipetsk Steel and LMK. Excuse my butchery of these Russian names. Uh, Leonid Mikkelsen, founder and chair of natural gas producer Novatek, and Russia's richest man in 2016, was also due to to attend. Uh, He had so far invaded, uh, uh, sanctions, but lost more than $10 billion during the first week of Russia's invasion, blah, blah, blah. A Moscow branch of the World Economic Forum's Center for Fourth Industrial Revolution has recently disappeared from the WEF's website. So, yes, when it talked earlier about uh, that, uh, what were they saying back here? Uh, uh, a Kremlin backed research center in Moscow. Remember that? What, what Kremlin backed research center? Oh, that's right. Remember this from just last October? Russia joins Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Network. The Russian Federation and the World Economic Forum announced the Center for the Fourth Indust- Industrial Revolution Russia. The center is an autonomous, not for profit organization hosted by AO Digital Economy. Artificial Intelligence and Internet of Things, IoT, are key focus for the new center. Uh, Policies and frameworks will be shared and scaled through the Global Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Network. Yes, Russia will take a leading role in shaping the trajectory of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Again, don't... uh, People will say, oh, you're just showing pictures of him shaking hands with Schwab. He's a politician. He's got to shake hands with everyone. No, that's... That's cartoon politics. Again, look at what's really happening. The fourth, center for the fourth industrial revolution. Hey, let's let's put in Russia. Russia will lead the way into the fourth industrial revolution. Let's, let's team up with Sparebank for Cyber Polygon. That's a cool idea. Uh, these are the types of things that actually matter. Um, but don't worry. I mean, it's all being canceled now because of the sanctions. Because literally, international sanctions are placed on it such that they cannot operate in the way they were going to operate. So they have had to close it for now. But as, as they say, they're leaving open the possibility in the future. Anyway, this article goes on with a lot of details, so I will put it in the show notes, obviously, uh, corbettreportcom slash Putin, um, if you are interested in reading this in its entirety. But um, suffice it to say, there's a lot more going on here and a lot deeper links and connections that clearly, why is, why is Schwab... In any way related to Putin and the Russians, for his own benefit and for the aggrandizement of the World Economic Forum and for the millions of dollars that they bring in every single year, if nothing else. But uh, uh, that's part of the, the the calculation that goes on here. So uh, again, I think this this surface level of the connection between the World Economic Forum and Putin that isn't actually the. Core of this. What is the core is the shared ideology, the quest for a fourth industrial revolution of artificial intelligence and Internet of Things and uh, moving it, goose stepping into the brave new world of UN agendas for sustainable development and signing on to the Paris Agreement. And uh, we, we need an international terrorist force headed by the UN and all of this. That is the key part of this. Don't Don't get distracted by the the sort of surface level connections. It's the core ideology at base that matters. And that matters. That is the prize. That is the grand prize here. Because of course, what does it matter if if Russia defeats NATO and completely takes over America and whatever? Yay. (laughs) I don't think anyone is seriously proposing that. But even if that were to happen, oh, okay, then we'll all be under Putin and he'll just be able to enact all of this UN agenda for sustainable development that he's openly telling you he wants, right? That's what is the key here, is the ideology. So um, so then you might think, well, okay, what about this whole war that's happening right now? And the fact that Putin is completely, utterly demonized in the West as the new Hitler and all of this, and all of this propaganda that's coming out of Ukraine. Undoubtedly, a lot of propaganda on both sides, as I've pointed out. But certainly propaganda from the Ukraine side about what's happening there. And we cannot trust many, if any, of the reports that are coming out. I wouldn't trust any of them on on the basis of what BBC say so? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Uh, Only information that can be triangulated and verified in multiple ways should be taken on board, right? But having said that, clearly there's some major conflict taking place right now and there's clearly a military operation. So this can't be part of the plan, can it? How could this be part of the Great Reset Agenda? This clearly shows he's fighting against the Great Reset. But wait, what if conflict is part of of the ultimate dialectic through which we're going to arrive at the multipolar world that the uh, Putins and Jinping's are lusting after. And uh, thankfully, there are more and more people in the independent media, at least, who are catching on to this and the possibility for this. So, for example, I'll point you to a recent post from uh, winteroak.org.uk that was reposted to activist post. Ten signs the war in Ukraine is part of the Great Reset, which makes some important points about how this actually plays into the larger um, creation of uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the, the attainment of them by, for example, significantly reducing Europeans' reliance on the Russian energy sector. And I'm sure we've all seen the people trying to get on board, the John Kerrys of the world, getting on board of this crisis to say, "Well, this is why we need to move away from petrochemicals. So we need." turbines and other, you know, whatever, unicorn farts and whatever else, and sustainable development goals. Um, There's a number of points in here that I think uh, some of them are quite, quite, pertinent and quite obviously uh, familiar to my listeners, like it is now common knowledge that digital IDs are a central plank in the Great Reset Agenda and are to be streamlined across industries, supply chains, and markets as a way of advancing the UN 2030 SDGs. And uh, this is going to play into what's happening in the Ukraine right now. Um, Europe is directly in line of fire of a once hybrid war between NATO and the Sino-Russian axis is underway. Lots of things are actually part of this greater great transformation slash great reset. You cannot have the new world order without destroying the old. This is part of destroying the old world order. So uh, I will also point you to uh, Derek Bros. Uh, is the narrative shifting or is this phase two mass psychosis? Talking about how some of these recent events like the Ukraine-Russia situation actually play into and further the... Psyop that is taking place on the population globally that started, well, didn't start with COVID 19, but certainly was uh, pushed with COVID 19. Uh, or, for example, as I pointed out recently on Solutions Watch on my Highlighter is Mightier Than the Sword episode, where I noted in this Politico interview, Yes, He Would, Fiona Hill on Putin and Nukes, where I did talk about that very interesting passage toward the end where she's talking about how to make people on board, uh, get people on board with the uh, the the sanctions, but ordinary companies, what should they do? Our ordinary companies should make a decision. And this is the epitome of ESG that companies are saying is their priority right now, using and furthering the ESG agenda, which people will know, as I've talked about in New World Next Week and elsewhere, this is a corporate social credit score that is going to ultimately apply to citizens and filter down to that level. But this is how this is going to work. And they're going to use crises like what's happening in Russia right now As there a sensible justification for it? Um, Or how about this one? China's digital yuan may aid Russia bypass SWIFT ban, but will it? Talking about, of course, the Chinese central bank digital currency, which it is working on. And in fact, not only trialing, but actually rolling out in various parts of China right now, uh, and and their union pay and other things that they've created, they're going to create the swift alternative, right? But you'll remember from previous Corbett Report uh, content from, I think, three, four years ago now, the swift alternative that the Chinese and Russians are creating is no alternative at all, really when you actually examine the logistics of how that works. I'll throw you to my previous report on that for the details. But anyway, uh, this report goes on to say, However, many experts believe that the move may give central bank digital currencies, especially CBDCs like China's digital yuan, an edge in the global market. Um, A Bloomberg analyst anticipated that this move could provide other geopolitical rivals, such as China, the excuse to promote the digital versions of their own central bank's money in global trade and finance. Yeah, Exactly. So here's a big juicy piece of red meat for those who are looking to institute the CBDC slavery infrastructure, which, yes, China, as I say, is already rolling out their CBDC. And yes, Russia is already working on and starting testing their own version of central bank digital currency. So it is happening. And yes, Putin and Xi Jinping are on board with it. Once again, same agenda, And it is being pushed, in fact, being pushed even further by the brick side. And here's another perfect golden opportunity. Hey, look, they've severed us from the SWIFT system. Well, we have to use CBDCs now. And the public will clamor for it when the ruble goes to absolute nothing. When the ruble is just toilet paper. Well, hey, now we have this CBDC that we're trading with the Chinese central bank. And uh, you'll be able to buy all of your Russia slash China Eurasian made goods with your CBDCs. And it'll be... Easy and great. Anyway, more part of collapsing the old world order to bring in the new world order. And here's actually the sort of the flip side of that. As Russia and China get smushed together um, as frenemies of convenience, or at least friends uh, for now, uh, Zelensky receives a standing ovation from EU EU Parliament in emotional scenes. Uh, And this, um, this article actually goes on to a Paint the picture in a way that I've tried to articulate before, but this, I mean, this goes to show the picture. Uh, The elected representatives of 27 EU countries applaud Zelensky. Video link. I reported from this place for 30 years and never saw it speak with one very loud voice like this before. Putin has done what no one else achieved brought the whole of our continent together, united. I have talked about this before. The only way to create a European identity is to have a threat to Europe. And here is a threat to Europe being presented by the boogeyman du jour, Putin, who is playing the part of the boogeyman. Hey, guys, I'm invading you, Europe. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to cut off your gas. What are you going to do about it? And EU comes together, united. Never before have we seen such, uh, not not only such camaraderie and, and a united vision for the, the European Union. And obviously, this is going to feed into that need for the creation of a European Standing army or force of some sort, but also obviously the bolstering of NATO. Again, country after country, more behind NATO than ever before. And now uh, Sweden and Finland and others are looking into NATO membership, which would have been unthinkable even a couple of months ago. So yeah, the conflict is creating exactly the type of unity that is needed for the regional architecture for this new multipolar world order. Europe was never Europe. It was always Italy and France and Germany and Spain, but now it's Europe and it will con- counteract this threat from the east, right? So anyway, that's an idea of how this works. I Again, I don't think that this is necessarily being done by individuals who are working to a script. But clearly all parts of this converge on what every player, every political player at the table wants, which is a seat at the table of control over the human population. And some are content to have, okay, I'll have complete control over my population and tell the media what to report and steward over them with artificial intelligence, watching everything they do, and CBDCs where I can program their money to do what I want or not do what I don't want them to do. But you guys can have, you know, that control over your citizens. So that's the multipolar vision. Yay! (laughs) As I have said before, New World Order is dead. Long live the New World Order. Globalization lives. And it looks like this. So I guess the point today, um, if there is a central point to come back to, is when globalists tell you in their own words that they are on board 100% with the United Nations Agenda for Sustainable Development and uh, UN 2030 and Artificial Intelligence and the Internet of Things and Fourth Industrial Revolution and all of the ways, CBDCs and everything else, all of these things that they are going to use to try to control you, then believe them. <laughs> they're not they're not lying about that. This isn't five-dimensional chess. This isn't some great strategy. <laughs> this is no, we want to control our population and this is the new world order that we're bringing in to do that. So, anyway, as I say, I I think Hopefully, most of the Corporate Report audience will be situated to understand this, but I know that very few in the independent media still are talking about this and still will even dare to raise a whisper of how Putin and Jinping and other people like this are absolutely on board with and furthering this agenda with these actions, not fighting against it. And I think this is an incredibly important thing to be stressing in the independent media space right now so that the independent alternative media doesn't just become the exact mirror image of the MSM. All right, a lot to digest and a lot of links to go through. So once again, I will direct you to CorbettReport.com slash Putin for all of the links that I've talked about today and the download for this episode. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.